This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar, and always we'll talk about local national sports and pop culture as well. This was episode 166. Let's get to the news. Rest in peace to Jake Flint. This country singer who just got married passed away 37 hours after passing away. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Clarence Gilliard, the actor who's known to being the right-hand man to Ben Matlock on the legal drama Matlock, obviously, The Andy Griffith Show. He also was in the pastor, Bruce Barnes, the Left Behind Movie Trilogy, along with Cordell Walker's partner, you know, played by Chuck Norris, James Jimmy Trevely in the crime drama Walker Tuckers Ranger. He also was a terrorist com- computer expert in Die Hard and the Lieutenant Marcus Sundown in the film Top Gun. So he's been around the block with all these television shows and movies that were iconic. He passed away at age of 66. Rest in peace, Albert Piune. He was the film director who made low-budget B-films and directed video action movies. And uh, his movies include The Sword and the Sorcerer, Cyborg, Captain America, and Nemesis as well. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Freddie Roman, the Santa comedian best known for being in Borscht Bad Hotel. He passed away at the age of 85. Rest in peace to Irene Cara, the singer and actress who rose to prominence in the 1980 musical Fame and recorded the film's title song Fame, which was the number one in several countries. She also co-wrote and sang Flashdance with a Feeling from the film Flashdance, where an Academy Award for Best Original Song and won a Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal pop vocal performance. In 84, she her prior success with fame, she portrayed the title character of Sparkle Williams in the original 76 musical drama Sparkle. She passed away at age of 63. Rest in peace to John Anthony St. Clair. The, M, the Amazing Race older competitor was 87 years old. Rest in peace to Charles Copelman, the musician, producer, and businessman who held executive position at EMI and Steve Madden and was chairman of Martha Stewart Living on Media. He passed away at age of 82. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Borja Salming, the Swedish hockey player who was in the Hall of Fame in 1996. He was a defenseman who played for 23 seasons. And he spent 16 with the Maple Leafs, where they retired his number as well. He holds several records, including a Sith. He also extensively played in Sweden in the international competitions, winning two world championship medals. He was one of the first Europeans to make an impact in hockey, where he's often considered a chillblazer, being named to stick a second all-star team. And his first eligibility, he became the first European player inducted in the Hall of Fame and was named the 100 Greatest Players in 2017 list. He passed away age of 71. Rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Tim Beddows. The managing director of UK-based Network Distributing Limited passed away at age of 59. Rest in peace to Wilco Johnson, English guitar singer, songwriter, occasional actor, who was a member of the group Dr. Fliega in the 70s. He was known for his sixth guitar playing style, which he achieved not by using a guitar pick, by playing finger style. Then able to play guitar and riffs at the same time, creating a highly percussive guitar sound. He also appeared in episodes of the Game of Thrones as well. He passed away at age of 75. Quick football news. This was the first time the, that the Buccaneers lost their Browns on Sunday when in Tom Brady's career when they were leading by seven or more points in the final minute. Just think about that. Tom Brady's been playing for all this time, never lost the game when he was leading by seven or more points in the final minute, and they lost in overtime. Wow. Bad news for Odell Beckham Jr. At approximately 9.30, an officer from Miami-Dade Police were dispatched to medical emergency at American Airlines flight. The flight crew was concerned for Odell as they tried to wake him to fasten his seatbelt, try to wake him to fasten his seatbelt. He would be coming in on consciousness prior to the departure. Fearing that Beckham was seriously ill and his condition would worsen through the expected five-hour flight, 
The attendants obviously called for help. Upon the officer arrival, the flight crew asked Beckham several times to exit the aircraft, which he refused. The aircraft was deplaned, at which time Mr. Beckham was asked by officers to exit the plane and did so without incident. Beckham was escorted to the non-secure area of the terminal by officers where he made other arrangements. So, I don't know. He's close to signing with a team, and that's just not good publicity there. And in college basketball, uh, college, you know, basketball news, ESPN will longer have her Big Ten rights beginning July. Will they have an answer on the notable on one notable front? What it means is the Big Ten AC and Big 12 SC men's women basketball challenges that ESPN has long televised help organize. They announced the formation of a new men and women basketball challenges and those of the exist and the end of the existing college challenges. For those who are fans of that, that they're changing all the stuff together as well. And Ashan Robinson towards meniscus, so he's out for the year. And and Von Miller towards ACL, so he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Dak Prescott now has officially won 10 straight games versus the New York Giants after losing the first couple. Matt Rule, after being fired by the Panthers, is now going to become the head coach in Nebraska. Michael Parsons having 12-plus sacks in his first two seasons is the most since Reggie White and Aldon Smith. And Sean Real of the Packers got a six-game drug suspension. The Sean Watson officially is back for those who are interested. He's going to start this upcoming Sunday. David Strahler, who was the Cardinals' Stanford head coach for 12 seasons, announced his retirement. The Washington football team wore number 21 in honor of Sean Taylor the other day. Stafford has a strained neck and all these other injuries. And we mentioned with Cooper Cup, not sure if he's going to come back. Well, if they're not going to make the playoffs, there's no need to have Matthew Stafford play through those injuries. Luke Fickle is now the head coach in Wisconsin, and Eddie Jackson hurt his foot, so it's a Lindstrand fracture, and Darren Mooney hurt his ankle, and the Bears lost two players at the same time in the same game, and they're going to be out for the rest of the year. Sam Darnold officially is going to be a QB1 after his performance this past week. Allen Robinson is having surgery for his foot, so he's probably going to be out for the year. Eliza Mitchell got hurt again with MCL, so he's out for six to eight weeks. Tristan Wirth hurt his ankle. Uh, Aaron Rodgers left that game with a bleak injury and a possible, you know, puncture and with a punctured lung. So, as a lot of experts are saying, like Colin Coward and others, that maybe, just maybe, Aaron Rodgers sits out the rest of the season, let Jordan Love play, and if it all goes according to plan, Jordan Love plays really, 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 really well, then guess what you do? You trade him. Because Aaron Rodgers is not going to be traded. And Travis Etienne has a foot injury, so that's not good for them. Janoris Jenkins had a deal with the 49ers. Brian Edwards is going to Kansas City. And Aaron Donald also has an ankle injury, and they're not sure when he's going to come back. So Al Robinson out, Cooper Cup out. If I were them, Stafford and Donald are too important. Long-term, not to have them not play. Terminal has a pectoral injury, so he's going to be out for a bit of time. Melvin Gordon got just cut chucked by the Broncos. Assigned to a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs for a practice squad. So they're adding Edwards and Melvin Gordon. There's Brandon Williams to also to camp. They're not taking any chances here. Because even when they've had, like, when they had Le'Veon Bell and some other guys in their roster, you know, LaShawn McCoy, just having those guys in the playoffs seemed to help them. Andrew Booth has meniscus surgery. He's going to be out for a while. Jalen Waddle has the most yards in his first two seasons in Miami Dolphins history. And this linebacker, Jonathan Tavares, has signed a two-year extension. And... Terrell Bashman, it was John Abrams also been cut. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has a lacerated kidney, so he's going to be out for a bit of time. That's painful. And the Miami game versus the Chargers has been flexed to Sunday Night Football, for those who are fans of that. And for Vigley Von Miller is a lateral meniscus tear. 
And in baseball news, which I officially wrote down here, the Twins turnover ship order, Joseph Ladd. Now basketball news. Kevin Durant has 18 both points of all time with 2,600 plus. And uh, Gordon Hayward has a fracture in his shoulder. What's new with him? The Duke can never stay healthy. So that's not a surprise. Kemba Walker, for those who are interested, is now on the Mavericks. LeBron James has 45,000 and two points, the most all-time combined between regular season and postseason. And Giannis and DeAndre Ayton have won Players of the Week. Jalen Brunson has the third most 30-point games in Knicks history since 2000. He only just got there. And... And in bad news for the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, their best player, is going to be out four to six weeks with a calf strain. So they're not season going the way they want it. Congratulations to the Devils head coach, Lindsey Ruff. He's now at 800 career wins. That's really good. Lionel Messi, for those who are fans of soccer, is going to enter Miami. And Jonathan Tate's now at 500 career assists. And in other soccer news, Saudi Arabia, after winning that huge game in the World Cup, they all got Rolls Royces for those who are interested. And Chandler Hutchinson, the former Bulls player who's been playing in the G League, has announced his retirement at 8 26. Tulsa King was new for season 2 at Paramount. And late addition to the news, Christine McVie passed away. You know, very famous for being in Fleetwood Mac. She was 79 years old. Obviously, she's one of the vocalists and keyboard player. She also had three solo albums. And. You know, she was buying some of the bigger hits, include Don't Stop, Everywhere, Little Lies, and the, uh, which all appeared on the Greatest Hits album. She's obviously inducted in the Hall of Fame with Fleetwood Mac and received the Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. That same year, after almost 30 years of band, she had to leave and lived in a seven-year retirement for 15 years. She released a solo album in 2004, and then she appeared on stage with them before rejoining the band in 2014. She received the Gold Badge and Merit Award and the Ivor Novell Award. All these like honored things and Chillblazer Award as well and two Grammys. Just another legend passed away in the world of music. Obviously, she is married to John McVie, who was also in the band. He was the bass player as well. So rest in peace. They said she passed away due to brief illness in the hospital at the age of 79. Rest in peace to Christine McVie. Brian Cox, Dana Kalua. Are joining this Oliver Twist thing. Andy Lee taps Stone Mason to play martial arts Bruce Lee in this new picture. Career Opportunities and Murders and Mayhem adds Kristen Swinson into a heavily current role. Lou Gossett Jr., Lance Hendrickson, and Robert Curtis are going to be in Awaken the Reaper. Baseball news. Mariners have promoted A.D. McKay to assistant general manager. Some football news before stop talking about. Abram, who just was cut by the Packers, is going to the Seahawks. And for Thursday night's game, for those who are wondering, it's the Patriots versus the Bills. Both Damon Harris and Isaiah Wynn are out for the game. Check your lineups there. And they officially rule Aaron Donald for that game. Raheem Morris is expected to come back and play on Sunday. And Deion Dawkins is also out for Thursday's game. And obviously we know Von Miller is out as well. Bears assigned Tim Boyle to the active roster from the Lions practice squad because no offense to Nathan Peterman and Trevor Simeon. Again, Tim Boyle's not that great, but it's still better than anything. And officially Kyle Pitts is out for the season for those in Atlanta Hawks world and in fantasy world, he's out for the season. Cowboys officially designated James Washington return for injured reserve. They're hoping a lot of things out of him. And same thing with the Eagles with Jordan Davis. Now, 
baseball news. Pirates officially have signed Carlos Santana. This was after they picked up, you know, G-Man Choi and Luan Diaz. They're like, we're not, we're not screwing around here. We're gonna get an actual first baseman who can actually play. And obviously, they traded Dana Vogel back at the deadline, so they can always do the same thing with there. Akira's Aquino is officially signed a deal to go to Japan. I'm a little bit disappointed because in the games that I see on person and all the highlights I watched, that dude can hit a ball a mile. And if he actually got an opportunity every day to play for the Reds, he'd probably hit 30 home runs. But the, the Reds just kept sending him down to minor leagues and doing all this other stuff. And I'm just like, what are you doing? It makes absolutely no sense what you're doing when he's a really good player. Speaking of interesting moves, the White Sox have signed this... Clevenger, dude, Mike Clevenger, to a one-year deal. It's like an incentive deal because it will be a second year back from Tom and John. And at one point when he was on Cleveland, he was really good. Then he got hurt, and then he got traded to San Diego, and he was okay in San Diego in the limited time he pitched. I would not have signed him if I were in charge of the White Sox. But pretty much, for me, I would have rather I kept Johnny Cueto because Lance Lynn and Michael Kopech haven't been the most healthiest, and Lucas Giolito hasn't been the most consistent. But at least they're just asking Clevenger to be the fifth starter or fourth starter. Miguel Cabrera announced it will be his last season, which a lot of us saw happening. And with Will Venable leaving the Red Sox, they promoted Ramon Vasquez to become the bench coach. And Brant Brown has joined the Marlins as the hitting coach. Darren Bush has been promoted to be the A's bench coach, obviously after Brett Austin decided to leave. And Shotani won the Edgar Martinez Award, which makes sense. And the White Sox have hired this Jeff Head as the sports medicine performance. Hopefully, that'll fix the fact that White Sox have all these injuries this year. Mets promoted Eric Chavez to officially become the bench coach. And then Jacob Barnes will be the hitting coach. White Sox hired Jose Castro to be the hitting coach. And Eddie Rodriguez will be the third base coach, replacing Joe McEwing, which I would wish they kept Joe McEwing. But good news, at least, though, is Daryl Boston staying, for those who are fans of the White Sox. Don Mattingly, who... You know, they agreed to part ways, like, firing in a way that they knew they weren't going to pay him with the Dodgers. I thought that, I mean, with the Marlins, I thought maybe if the Dodgers screw up in the playoffs and they fire Dave Roberts, no, nah, that's going to happen. Oh, if Aaron Boone screws up in the playoffs and they fire maybe he can actually manage the team he played for and coached for. No. The White Sox team did not want him. Blue Jays and the Angels did not seem to want to hire him in their search for a manager, nor Kansas City, and I was a little bit surprised, you know. A lot of teams could have used him, and they just said, eh, and the Phillies kept Boston Rob, you know, Rob Thompson, Philly Rob, I mean. So it's like, I don't understand this. Don Mattingly is a legendary player. Yes, he's on the ballot for the Hall of Fame, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a really good player. But I personally, I don't know if I want to be the bench coach to a guy who was the interim manager this year. I would have wanted an actual manager job. Maybe he doesn't want the stress. Tony Clark had a five-year extension to be in charge of the Baseball Players Union Association rep. That's good because he's been helping them out. Both Adam Wainwright and Nestor Cortez are going to pitch for the World Baseball Classic for Team USA. I don't get it because Nestor Cortez is Hispanic. I'm not really sure. But it's a good way for Wayno to go out. And in other coaching news, Joel McKeekin is going to be the Reds hitting coach with Terry Bradshaw, Tony, uh, Tim Lamont. Colin Calgill is going to be the first base coach, former major league player. And this Matt Tracy is going to be the bullpen coach. Terry Bradshaw, that guy, I have his card. He's been a coach before, but it's cool. Colin Calgo gets to be in the Major League staff. And the two biggest signings that happened were Jose Bravo signed a multi-year deal to be with the Astros. So no Guriel and no Trey Mancini. So Bravo is going to be the first baseman. The Astros still don't know who their DH is going to be. And I would personally make Jordan Alvarez the DH, but that's me. As a White Sox fan, I didn't want him going to Cleveland because they won the division last year and they need a first baseman DH. 
going to the Yankees because they're the Yankees, and then going to the Astros because they just won the World Series are bad destinations, and then going to the Cubs. I was hoping if the Padres want to sign him like they did with Hosmer and give this guy a bunch of money for a multi-year deal, go ahead and do that. I thought that's fine. Nope, he goes to the team that just won the World Series. Teams don't like him because they cheated, so now he's gone. The White Sox clearly made that obvious that they weren't going to want to pay this guy. For this year, his home run and RBI totals went down. He still had a high batting average, but still not the player. And Candelario has signed a deal with the Nationals that the Tigers non-tendered him, let him go. The Nationals don't have an everyday first baseman because they said goodbye to Luke Voigt. And Seth Menendez is an okay first baseman. But again, you can DH one of those guys. And they also don't have a set third baseman either. They're playing God knows how many utility players this year at third base. So that obviously, for me, signals that, you know what? They'll play him at first base and third base and DH him. And they can always trade him at the deadline because, you know what? The Nationals aren't going anywhere. Other football interesting news, former Ravens quarterback and current broadcaster Trent Dilfer has become the head coach at UAB for the Blazers. That's what they're called. That's interesting that he's going to take on that job. So good luck there, Trent Dilfer. Peter Skaskar and Billy Magnuson are going to be seeing called Coop. Anna Ortiz is going to think more. Ryan Hansen. Excuse me. Not Ryan Hansen. Tyler Perry signed a four-year movie year deal with Amazon. And Richard Lewis announced he's going to be in season 12 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. For those who like that show, Scar Hansen is going to be in this TV show called Just Cause. Tell Me Lies got renewed for season 2 of Hulu. And Miss Scarlet and the Duke was new for season four for those who watched that. And Ryan Edgold is one of the latest cast members to join Alice Cross. And Ed Helms is joining this thing called Family Leave. And as I talked about so far, the how bad of a show Monarch is in terms of soap operas, I'm going to talk to you about two other shows that I've officially reviewed. They're on the website, on the radarmedia.com, or radar4428, the blogger, or you can always check out on the radar media on the radar entertainment blog on Facebook for to see all the links to everything. But yes, yeah, I have every single television review for every single show that has debuted this year on broadcast television. Now, what I want to get at is this: Quantum Leap. I mentioned a podcast earlier. After three, maybe four or five episodes. NBC had made the decision that they were going to basically give them a full season's worth of stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, come on, give it give it some time. Because outside of Blindspot, I think pretty much every show outside of maybe Manifest just a bit that they debuted on Monday nights after The Voice, you know, did not really do so well. And they were not that great. So there was, like, no rush to actually to do that if I were you. But, of course... They're not me, NBC, and so far, the show's been up and down. There's way too much drama going on, where if you know the original thing of Quantum Leap is he goes in there, and there's a hologram of a person who helps him, gives him all the information he needs on whose body he's inhabiting, what's going on, because that's the whole point, is he travels through time, and he inhabits people's bodies, and there's something he's got to do in order for them to move on to the next one, and the next one, the next one, and they didn't have it that it's his fiance slash wife is the hologram that's where i'm like yeah that's really stupid because then even if he has amnesia or whatever the case he's still going to remember her eventually and it's going to be weird and awkward with all that stuff and i'm just like yeah that's not really what 
I want to do when I'm watching a show, worry about their relationship, and they're nowhere near each other because one's in the quantum leap and one is, you know, in present day and stuff like that. And, you know, the head of security is an Asian woman, so you go, okay, we got that minority. The lead cast member, he is Asian. Not saying he's a bad actor, but he's, again, playing like a scientist who's all about science and statistics and things like that. And he's not bad. It's just you got those two. And then Ernie Hudson, who wasn't in the original show in terms of a major cast member, but he was uh, Scott Bakula quantum leaped and helped him out prevented him from dying in an episode and they talk about that in the show and you look it up and that's a thing that actually happened he was in an episode ernie hudson of you know ghostbusters and you're just saying yourself like okay cool he works he was in the military back then and then he when he left active duty he wants to work for this off-site military government you know branch where they re-brought back the quantum leap and he's really a big part of it that's cool, and he's and he's and he's inclined to be in that. That's cool. I like him. He's a very very good actor, but I'm thinking to myself like this. Okay, cool. He's in there. Okay, he's in charge. He's the old, you know, cantankerous old guy you don't want to mess with, and whatever he says, go. Okay, cool. So that's their team. Then. They have like a real, real scientist who does all the computers and all the tech because obviously the guy who jumped in there is more of a behind-the-scenes guy, we realize, and his girlfriend, wife, fiance was the one that's supposed to be this cool, action-packed person who can, who was the one that they were going to originally send into the thing. And I'm just like, okay, cool. So like every week there's an episode of obviously you got to figure out what's going on. Some of them have really big-time actors in there like Justin Hartley has been in one of the episodes, and most recently, oh yeah, the thing that I wasn't able to understand is that Jim Ursay has got into to producing his first film, and he has Ryan Hansen and a few other people joining that, that's really what I obviously couldn't understand with my own handwriting, what I wrote, but yeah, so with Quantum Leap, there's too much drama going on between the person who leaps and the person who was supposed to leap and like no offense to Raymond Lee he's not bad it's just you know a little bit a little bit too much for him the woman playing his fiance she has no acting credits for real so it's like okay and then the person who like all the the intelligence stuff is Mason Alexander Park so for the LGBT people where you know I got no problem with the gay people being in shows because there's nothing wrong with them being in shows because it's real because it's supposed to be realistic but they have this as a non-binary actor, and some episodes they're very feminine, and sometimes they're very masculine, and it's just like, okay, cool, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like it's not the biggest thing in the world. They really need him. But yeah, they've had some big-time people. Like I said, Justin Hartley, Jewel State, and Josh Myers have been in episodes. But for the most part, it's pretty much straightforward like the original every week he has to help somebody out no matter what the situation is and then he leaps and they try to figure out how to get him back obviously i'm not a spoiler in the show because this show the original show was on so long ago there he never comes home and i don't know if the goal of this show is to finally bring him back because scott bakula is supposed to be in a new show coming out soon on one of these networks but not this show that's not a revival you're like are they ever going to get to the point where they're like, can we save him? 
what's going on. That's where I'm just a little bit, you know, saying like, I would not have given it a full season because if you read all these entertainment headlines, it's like the ratings for that show has dipped a bit. And I think that's because people were excited for the nostalgia of bringing the show back. But at the same time, the show isn't that amazing that you're like, well, I need to go ahead and rush to go watch this. You know what I mean? And uh, like Manifest and Blindspot, both were successful and they renewed them. But then they moved them to so many different nights. Or at the second season, if the first season was in the spring, I mean the fall. Well, the second season would be not the next fall, but the next spring. And then you'd forget about it. And they're like, oh, that's still on the air. And then they're like, oh, maybe we'll renew it. And then they do. So, yeah, like, it's just not the best show of all time. It is not that great. If I were them, I would try to regret decision that they did of canceling Manifest because that was a bad decision because right now, This Is Us just ended and New Amsterdam is about to end. So what do you have left in the one-hour dramas that are great? Oh yeah, you renewed La Brea. Yeah, that show wasn't that great to begin with. And Wednesday nights we already know is accounted for with the Chicago show Thursday's Law and Order and Blacklist has been on Friday nights. But this year they're like, we're going to have a comedy block for an hour, which is weird because the sitcoms are usually on Thursday night. But they wanted to make that all a uh, law and order so you can find make comedies on Tuesday. Well, that's fine. This year, though, at least NBC's going to blacklist on Friday on Sunday nights because that makes the most sense because they didn't take advantage the last two years of having shows on post-football season in the second half. But, yeah. Then there's another person whose father was in the show or something, and they're trying to get access into it and doing their own thing. There's just so much going on with all these characters and what's going on. It's just, like, not really the point of the show. It's supposed to be a good science fiction show, and it's been way too much of drama. And obviously, the only reason to tune in to see what, where in history it takes them, what's the plan, and how long it takes for them to get home. But, you know, even though they ordered this amount of episodes, I don't think there's any guarantee the show's going to be on the air. Then the next show, where somehow it's in, like, the top 50 shows, and I'm so confused. It's called Alaska Daily. Hillary Swank who I, in the top of my brain, when you you know Hilary Swank, you know her name, you know what she looks like, she's one of those actresses, or actors as a whole, where I can't name you a very specific movie that makes me go, you know what? Yeah, that was so good by her. They make her look like she hasn't slept or, or showered in days. She looks so decamped and stuff. And then because she's the main actress in the show, even though she doesn't look that great, she's like hooked up with multiple men so far. And obviously people are like, well, she's famous for the television series Camp Wilder. And minor role in Buffy. Like, those, I don't really know. And then in the next Karate Kid, okay, cool. That's fine. And in one year of Beverly Hills 9210. And it says she played a transgender man in Boys Don't Cry. Like, I don't, that movie doesn't come to my mind. Now, obviously, a million dollar baby, that's what stands out for me. But you're just like, you know, I'm not really sure because. One of the last movies I watched during with Michael Eli is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was just like... But yeah, so no offense to her. But the show, from the moment I watched it, I was like, okay, cool. It's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be one of those, in, you know, reporter shows where it's like, yeah... Every day they're going to go and look into something and continue to look on something, but then there'll be other stories that happen, and it's like, okay, cool, I get it. But it's kind of very stale, 
and there are people on the internet going like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I should stick to talk show sports and like action movies and stuff. No. I sat there and I watched the first episode like I do with every new show. And I take my notes and I'm watching it. I'm like, this thing is so boring and not interesting whatsoever that like nothing really that exciting happened. Then you watch the second episode and the third episode and I've been watching it ever since. Yeah, it's cool for them to do the Vexate reporting and turn over all these leaves of what happened to these indigenous women. Instead of just saying Native American when they're saying indigenous because it takes place in Alaska. You know what? Make a documentary. Make a biopic movie. a TV, uh, You know, like a miniseries. Make something. But again, she's the only one with real great acting you know, credit. The guy in charge of the paper is kind of like, you don't really know if you should do that because I don't want to get in trouble. But, you know, I brought you here anyway. And then... They have the Alaskan woman that she's got to work with. They have this mom who's been, you know, doing it for a while. Then they have this single father dude who works there. Then they have this young dude. Got all these other people that are working there. It's like, okay, whatever. And so it's just not that great of a show that I don't think ABC needs to do it. So they obviously... As I mentioned, they never look weird. And and some people say it's Hollywood and it is Hollywood and some critics think actors look so made up to be to be a realistic cop whatever they want to compl- it's they went completely opposite here. Usually my roommate goes, Wow, that guy looks too well kempt to be a cop or in the military or to be an FBI agent or a doctor. But like, yeah, they made her completely the opposite in this thing. And it's cool they're bringing the light to this thing, but again, a lot of these actors don't have anything that brings them out to the thing or anything that really wants to know who they are. Obviously, they make it diverse. As I said, you got Native Americans, black, Asian, women, all these people on there. And they wanted to have a huge Native American community, and like they want to force it down her throats. But I feel like she also wasted her money producing the show and starring in it. Maybe she just produced it, let someone else do it, or she had nothing just been acting in there. Because she probably could have used herself for something else. And it's someone who studied broadcast journalism. It's cool that there's a show about journalism. But this is one of the shows like Big Sky where it just should be canceled. Like, no offense. Like, you cancel Stumptown. I'm going to keep saying this. After you already renewed it. It's a private investigative show with Coffee Smulders, Donald Log, Michael Elay, Jake Johnson. That's a real, and Milo Manheim's mother, Cameron Manheim. Really good cast. And it was taking place in, like, Oregon or Seattle. And there's all these Native American actors and characters in the show. Her brother, who had Down syndrome, was really good. Coffee Smolder in the show. Then they made a 180 going, well, it's the pandemic. We don't know when we're going to film the next season. I'm just like, yeah. Like, who the heck cares? We just want it. So, like, if you want to have Native American characters or a strong woman lead show, then cool. Kept what you have. Between this and Big Sky, like, these needs to go. I don't care if... You know, some of the ratings are that it's in the top 20 or 30. I know what I'm talking about. I've been watching TV since I was two years old. And I, by way I do my reviews is I watch the first three episodes and I take my notes. And if I say, okay, this is stupid, this is bad, this, this makes no sense, it's too confusing or what's going on, yeah. It was very hard for me to pay attention to the show because there was just nothing going on. She's trying to expose somebody, but then she loses her actual job. And then she takes it because she has no other choice. She's like, I don't really know. So, no offense to ABC and, and you know, Hillary Swank, but this show is not that good. And no offense to NBC. I'm going to say this again. No one needs to revive a show that hasn't been on the air for years. No one needs to 
reboot a movie into a TV show or, or something, and no one needs to take a TV show and just remake it again and again and again. I know every generation wants them to watch the show and grow up with it, but when they're adult shows, it's not about growing up anymore. It's pretty stupid. And now the CW did announce the premiere dates for a lot of things. So the Winchesters is moving from... Uh, it's moved to a new permanent slime slot at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, uh, it's, you know, instead. Until they figure out what's going to be there in front of it. And obviously, the third season of Kung Fu returns Wednesday, February 8th. They still don't know what's going to be there. But again, when is Nancy Drew, Superman, Lois, and Flash going to be? What night? And Walker, obviously, will have his season. Uh, the network's drama Walker will premiere to Thursday night, obviously, followed by the spinoff Walker. So this is really what it is. It's Walker's Thursday nights like it always is. Saturday night is Chris Angel's Magic with the Stars. And World's Funniest Animals, Sunday, they're showing the Critics' Choice Award on the 15th. Penn and Teller, whose line are the on Friday night. Monday's still going to be All-American. It's just Tuesday and Wednesday night. They just have Winchesters and Kung Fu already decided, but nothing else. And I'll say this again. Thanks for listening to On the Radar. As always, we always talk about local and national sports and pop culture. And as you, as you get your podcast anywhere, Google, Apple, Spotify, on the radar, the YouTube channel, which has baseball weekly observations. Now we're in the hot stove season. You'll get those. You get a weekly movie review. It's just on the radar, okay? Then, as I mentioned, you can follow me on Twitter, Radar4428, which is also a blogger, on the radar, media.com for everything I've ever done, and on the radar entertainment blog, which is my Facebook page, where you can see all the links to everything, the daily celebrity birthdays, and all the news that happened, as well. As I mentioned, every single television review is up, and you can read it, okay? Right now, working on a huge... World Baseball Classic project for current and of all time as well. Again, rest in peace to everyone who passed away. Happy trails to everyone who has retired. This is episode 166. Round the Radar. I'm Radar. See you guys next time.